When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We get you ready for the weekend here on Listen Up. It's Grant Napier. I hope that you are doing well. My apologies for not being able to do the show yesterday. I had to go to New York for the day, and I didn't think that rain would completely handcuff the New York City airports. I mean, getting out of New York last night was unbelievable. You would have thought it snowed three freaking feet. Now, I understand that safety is paramount, and it was raining very hard, but I mean, it was awful in New York. I did not end up walking into my place in South Florida until five in the morning. That's how long it took me <laughs> to get home. And so I was planning on doing the show. Uh, and there was just no way uh, the airport was chaotic. There was absolutely nowhere for me to even attempt to do a show uh, from New York. So I apologize. I really wanted to do a show yesterday, uh, but I spent like what? I'm trying to think seven, eight hours in the airport and it was just a madhouse. There were flights being canceled left and right. I mean, literally flights were being canceled across the board. And uh, I was very fortunate to get out of there. Our flight did not take off until one in the morning. So I, I, it was, it was just one of those travel days. But anyway, uh, I'm glad that you were with me. We get you ready for the weekend. We got the Masters. Uh, get ready to go to the halfway point. Scotty Scheffler is playing some golf. I'll tell you that. The number one ranked player in the world is at six under par through 13. So six under par. Uh, Shane Lowry, the former Open champion, is a three back after a 16. Uh, Schwartzel, M., and uh, Neiman, Neiman all at uh, three under par, three shots off Scotty Scheffler. But uh, the number one, one ranked player in the world uh, is really, really playing well. All right. So if you want to talk about the Masters, we can do that. Uh, Tiger Woods is currently on 15. We'll update you on his score. We've got uh, Major League Baseball, the A's and the Giants with their first games of the year. So we got a little bit of everything. The NBA wrapping up their regular season. We'll get into the playoffs. So uh, you know the routine. You hit your hand icon, you give me a call, uh, and we will do it. You know, there's a lot of different opinions. Well, there really aren't a lot of different opinions. It seems to be pretty uniform as it relates to Tiger Woods and his comeback. And the ratings don't lie. The number of people watching both the Golf Channel uh, and the coverage on ESPN and on Masters.com are through the roof this year. And I understand that. I mean, the guy who drives golf. He is the needle for golf in terms of moving the needle. And it makes me wonder 
what's golf going to be like again when Tiger is not on tour anymore? I mean, we went through the resurgence when he first came on to the tour. It was unbelievable. Then when he left the tour for a period of time, uh, the ratings were in the tank. I mean, there were a lot of times you wouldn't turn on the TV if Tiger wasn't playing in the tournament. Now he comes back and the excitement is through the roof. And I'm trying to think if there's anyone in sport that has moved the needle of their particular sport any more than Tiger Woods has. I mean, is there an athlete out there that has completely driven a sport the way Tiger Woods has? I, I, I can't think of anyone. Can you? I mean, I really can't. Think about what Woods means to the game of golf. Think what he means to uh, television ratings. Think about what he has done for the sport of golf, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's uh, unbelievable. And you think about it, he's not going to play forever. What's going to happen when Tiger Woods is not on tour anymore and is not playing? By the way, Tiger through 15 is one over par and seven shots off the lead. You know, there were some interesting things about him coming back this week. And I really love reading Phil Mushnick from the New York Post. I think he is as good as there is. I really do. I think the guy is as good as there is. He's not afraid to speak the truth. He's not afraid to write what a lot of us think. He doesn't care. I mean, he's been very consistent. And I want to read what he said about Tiger Woods because it really made me think. All right, this was in his column yesterday in the New York Post. He said, I suspect that during the Masters, goofy TV golf parlance, mindless cliches will be spoken to describe Tiger Woods' serious one-man accident as simply a case of his car finding a roadside ditch the way golf balls find greenside ponds. Okay, so what if Woods is in the habit of passing out while driving, once loaded on opioid, opioids, the next escaping all standard unconscious car wreck examinations by friendly law enforcement after we wrecked at nearly twice the speed limit. Very interesting. And so what if his special doctor, Anthony Galea, often flown a reported 14 times in Toronto, lost his license after pleading guilty to a pile of charges, including drug smuggling and, transport and transporting and distributing mislabeled drugs. Still, media especially those who know better, continue to portray Woods as the finest human to have ever breathed in and then out. No tough questions allowed. Tiger doesn't like that. So why bother with the small stuff? As John Sterling said of Alex Rodriguez, another of 
Galea's patients. It's not like he killed anyone. Thursday, Woods was indisputably extraordinary. But why can't he be just a great golfer? Perhaps the greatest, significant, and nearly fatal in flaws included. The media won't allow it, and it's nauseating. There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. Right? There's a lot of truth to that. The media gives Tiger Woods a complete free pass for any of his past transgressions. Complete pass. Right? I mean, you know, it is a little nauseating. I got to tell you, Tiger this, Tiger that. I mean, it's it, it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. And again, I know he draws the needle. I understand that. I know he moves the needle. I understand what he means to the game of golf. But it, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, it really is. It's it's the freaking masters for crying out loud. And it's like the rest of the field doesn't exist. And when Tiger hits a great shot, you know, we got to have it analyzed 50,000 ways. When he hits a bad shot, it's excuse, 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 excuse. Well, he hasn't played competitive golf in a while. Well, it's his leg. It's, you know, just, just how about covering the damn event? I understand it's a big story. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it is nauseating at times. It is nauseating. Now, Tiger is clearly going to be around playing for the weekend. You know, there's no doubt about that. He is going to be playing on Saturday and Sunday. Probably will not be, and I say probably because he still has three holes left on this round. But, you know, he's not going to be on the leaderboard page. Barring an unbelievable finish on his final three holes this afternoon to get to the halfway point. But, I mean, it's just, it's over the top. It is absolutely over the top. And, again, I understand what he means to the game. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Phil Mushnick is right. You think anyone's going to bring up those transgressions that I described or he described in his article, particularly, you know, as it relates to driving? Phil said in a recent column before the Masters, that he was more concerned with uh, hoping that Tiger had transportation to and from the golf course. He was more concerned about that than whether or not he'd be able to walk 18 holes. So, I, I, again, I know the guy is great, maybe the greatest player of all time. Jack Nicholas, clearly with his 18 majors, I think it, to be objective, you got to put him number one. But he is fun to watch. I mean, I've watched him. I enjoy watching him. I'd watch the Masters regardless of whether he was playing or not. But I just think it's getting a little carried away. I think it's getting a little carried away. It makes me wonder what's golf going to be like when we don't have Tiger Woods on tour. What's it going to be like? All right, let's get to some phone calls here on this Friday show. All you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll get to you. Hello, Forrest. How are you today? Hey, good afternoon. Good to see you're back in the saddle. Thank you very much. It's great to be in the saddle. What's going on? Uh, I, I'm guessing, uh, looking at your Tiger fatigue meter, it's in the red. It is in the red. And again, I love watching a play as much as anybody, but it is just a little ridiculous. It's a, it's a little absurd, to be honest with you. It really is. It's, it's over the top. I'm not, I'm not a big Tiger Woods fan, but um, you know, I, I understand why they do it though, because there's, there's just no personality in golf with, 
you know, he goes away and there's no good guy. There's no bad guy. They, they try to, you know, put uh, Shambeau and, and uh, the other guys, you know, they try to pit them together against, but there's just, I don't know if it's uh, the lack of personality or what they just, it's just vanilla. The whole yeah, you're talking, about Brooks Kep- you're talking about Brooks Kepka. Yeah. You're talking about Brooks yeah. Kepka. Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. They're trying to pit it. Yeah, I understand. They are trying to come up with any storyline they can. You're right. Yeah, because it's you know they're these the young golfers come in and they they dress fancy and you know you think they're going to get gain some momentum and they just can't get their game to quite you know get on a roll just get some momentum to win a couple. Uh, you know, and then, you know, start the talking about, uh, okay, could they be the next Tiger Woods? And, you know, it's kind of sad with golf because, um, you know, they, I know uh, after Tiger went away the last time they closed, I live in Palm Springs area, and they closed a bunch of golf shops. And it just, the, the tee times yep. and everything, just the whole interest went, it just dropped in the bucket. So he is kind of the savior of golf, but I know, I know what you mean, though. It, it is. You look, gotta look the other way on these well, sports people. They're not uh, morally correct all the time. We thought Jordan Spieth would be that guy. You know, he got hot for a while and he disappeared and he's not even going to be around for the weekend in this Masters. I mean, everyone said Jordan Spieth's going to be the next, you know, Jack Nicholas type, Tiger Woods type. And it looked like that for a period of time. Then it was Dustin Johnson and we thought Dustin would be that yeah. guy. And then Dustin just disappeared, you know, last year. We, we like, you, you were like, wait, wait a minute. Is Dustin Johnson still playing? He's actually having a pretty good tournament, <laughs> yeah. you know, this weekend. But you're right. There isn't that guy. Is it going to be Colin Morikawa now? I mean, who is going to be that next golfer that can even come close to filling the shoes of Tiger Woods. No one's going to fill his shoes, but can anyone even come close to that? And the answer to that question appears to be a resounding no right now. What I didn't hear the official uh, uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, last time we talked, you know, about the whole Saudi Arabia and the, the uh, Dubai thing. Uh, what, what did they say at the Masters for Phil? Uh, well, they, he, yeah, no, I mean, the, uh, the chairman of Augusta said that he had reached out to Phil and, you know, made it very clear that he was uh, more than welcome to play in the, uh, masters and Phil said, I'm not playing blah, blah, blah. But they, they had left in you know, they, they were, they were leaving the door open, uh, for Phil Mickelson, uh, if he wanted to play. No, there's no question about that. I mean, he, he he could have played if he wanted to. So I don't know if you saw what Gary Player said about Phil Mickelson, you know, on Wednesday when they had the uh, ceremonial uh, first tee with Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas. It was very interesting. He said, uh, quote, this is Gary Player now. I think we live in a time now where we are such a judgmental society, a litigious society a critical society where people get crucified. How about that? He said the greatest PR man on the golf tour is the last five or X amount of years has been Phil Mickelson. He has been the ideal man for a sponsor, for professional golf, for the public, the way he's handled the public with dignity and with love. But he's very, you know, what Gary Player said was where I think we live in a time now where we are such a judgmental society, a litigious society, a critical society where people get crucified. You can't really argue with that. He's spot on about that. That's Gary Player spot on about saying that. Well, yeah, but the, 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 on the other flip side of that is if you can't criticize what Phil said with his comments on what he said, I don't know if you could criticize anybody then. Great point. 
Great point, yeah. Forrest. Absolutely great point. 100% great point. Spot on. If you can, Phil Mickelson deserved the criticism that he received. Absolutely. And But but Gary Player, even though I don't agree with that particular comment as it relates to what Phil said, the the, 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 the notion of what Gary Player said in today's society is spot on. Uh, there There is a lot of truth to that. Yeah, and it, it, it still amazes the the uh, to me anyway. The athletes still continue to push the boundaries of absurdity with their comments. They don't they don't feel like they're they're, they're I mean they feel like they're immune to it, and that they're they're not going to have any repercussions that they can say anything. You know, Will Smith can do what he did, but he, you know, he uh, he he got the repercussions on that. The last thing I go be, before I go, I'm uh, driving cross country here with uh, moving a family, going through Oklahoma City here. I just uh, reminded me of Russell Westbrook and uh, the Lakers. What do, you, what do you think that they're going to do with uh, Westbrook? There's no way they can have him back. I don't think there's any way. And he had he had such a bad year. It was hard to believe that that was the same player that we had watched previously. You know, when you think about Westbrook, you know, the last couple of years of his NBA career has not been good. You know, it wasn't good before he got to the Lakers in Houston. Uh, clearly, the way he left Oklahoma City – you know, he was the man in Oklahoma City. We, When Durant was there, it was him and Durant. And of course, when Durant left, you know, Westbrook did his best. But, you know, his career the last few years has not been good. I don't see any way in the world he could be with the Lakers. The other part is I'm not really sure what the demand out there, Forrest, is for Russell Westbrook now. I, I really don't know what the demand is. I can't think it's very high. No, I, I heard some rumors that Charlotte might be interested, but I, I, don't, I don't know. And I just hope the Lakers don't cut him and – you know, do that stretch provision and spread his salary yep. out. I, I think they should just bite the bullet and, and trade AD and uh, start over. But anyway, uh, well, listen, try, where, 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 where's your final, where's your final, where's your final destination? You're in Oklahoma city. Now where are you heading to? Yeah. Moving a family from Palm Springs to, uh, yeah, the glory of Palm Springs to Shelbyville, Tennessee, about an hour South of uh, Nashville. You know, it's interesting how many people I know are moving to Tennessee. My brother moved uh, to Tennessee with his wife from New York once they retired uh, three years ago, and they love it. They live about 45 minutes outside of Knoxville, and he, he absolutely loves it there. He said he and his wife just love living in Tennessee. I, I got another family living in Palm Springs going to move them in a week to, to Tennessee as well. I, me personally, I don't like the, uh, I don't like the humidity. So then you do not want to be in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear you. Listen, drive safely. Have a safe journey. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye. All right, take care. That's Forrest. There is humidity. There's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, my brother and his wife, they love living there. And their pensions aren't taxed in Tennessee. They were both school teachers in uh, New York. Uh, but he loves it there. They both love it there. I can understand why I went and visited him last year and I can see why beautiful. It really is very, very nice. All right. If you want to get in on the program, Tiger, by the way, just missed a relatively short birdie putt on the par three sixteenth. He's at one over Scheffler is on the par four 14th. He is at six under par lining up a par putt uh, and he makes it. So he stays at uh, six under uh, as he now goes to the par 5 15th, an op- excellent opportunity uh, to get to uh, seven under. You know, it's amazing. He had not won on tour until this year. And Scheffler has now won three tournaments since February and is the number one ranked player in the world. 
pretty impressive. Pretty impressive uh, what he has done. All right. Again, want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand. We've got uh, the NBA season and their final weekend. You've got the uh, play-in tournament. The uh, Tuesday night, we know that the Clippers will be playing uh, Minnesota. We know that the Kings, they're not playing after 82 games. That much we do know. Shocking, right? Unbelievable. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls here on this Friday, and we get to E-Train. Hello, E-Train. Hey, Grant. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. What can I do for you, buddy? Hey, listen, I really enjoyed your commentary on the A's situation in Oakland. And, and just as a follow-up, I wanted to ask you, has the poor attendance been something that's always been the case with the A's, or is it more recent than the last 20, 30 years? No, nah, they've always had a problem drawing for the most part. They have not drawn well uh, for, for the most part. I know since I moved to Sacramento in 1987, I don't ever recall the A's having good attendance. I really don't. Well, you know, and I know the Raiders struggled with attendance as well. I mean, is part of that a bigger issue that Oakland just can't support a professional sports team? No, they can. Uh, they support the Warriors. Great. Uh, the Warriors had phenomenal crowds uh, almost, you know, every night and they moved. You know, the I, I don't know what the deal is there, but I do know this. It looks like the A's are all signed, sealed and almost delivered to Las Vegas you know, Rob Manford and the owners have come out and said that there's enough votes to approve them moving to Vegas. Now, I read where the governor of Nevada is going to try to uh, prevent them from moving uh, due to a public subsidy. But from what I understand, it looks like the A's are going to be moving to Las Vegas. And I can't blame John Fisher for moving his team. And again, I know he doesn't he's not the best owner in the world. I get that. But, you know, why would he stay in Oakland? The fa- he has put good products on the field and the fans don't come. Why would he want to stay there? They're playing well, in you know, awful I, I ball. Go ahead. I, I completely agree with you. And, and you know, the, uh, the, the mayor there in Oakland, Libby Schaap, is just an idiot and has uh, made so many poor decisions and run the Raiders out of town. And it looks like she's running the A's out of town that, you know, if I'm the owner of the A's, I wouldn't want to stay in Oakland. I think he could, you know, it'd be, you know, he'd make a lot more money in Las Vegas or anywhere else. He's a Bay Area guy, so I mean, I don't know what he wants or what he doesn't want, but I would say this. uh, He's a businessman. That's what he is. And if you are a businessman, you are in business to make money, and he's going to be able to make a lot more money in Las Vegas than he could in Oakland. I I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely true. Listen, thanks, Grant. You have a good weekend. Hey, E-Train, you have a good weekend, too. It's always good hearing from you. Take care. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the way it is. You know, he's a businessman. That's what he does. And he knows that he's going to have to move his team unless they come through with a miracle and build a ballpark at the Howard Terminal. I don't see that happening. Eli, you're on with Grant. Hi, Eli. How are you today? Grant, great. How are you? Good, buddy. What's up? Hey, let's talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. So um, okay. I'm, just looking at, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I think um, I'm just looking to see who, you know, is favored. And I think in the West – probably you got to say Phoenix, right? I would. Yes, I would say Phoenix is definitely favored in the West. I'll tell you, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't discount Memphis. I just love what they have been able to do this year. I mean, think about them with 55 wins. But yes, clearly Phoenix, what do they have? 63-64 wins. Yes. Clearly they're the they're the best team in the West. What about in the East? Would you give the Bucks the benefit of the doubt cuz they're the defending I team? would 
Yeah. I think Milwaukee, uh, yeah, I don't like the way Miami's uh, ended up the year. Uh, I think Milwaukee is going to emerge from the East. Uh, Miami, to me, I don't like the way they're ending up the year. You know, 52 wins, they're going to be the number one seed. But I like what Milwaukee has done, and they got the Greek freaks. So I think winning last year has put a lot of pressure or taken some pressure off this team. Milwaukee, to me, is the best team in the East. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, I could see some interesting potentially seven game series in there because those top five teams are all pretty close together. And, you know, yes. maybe we could see some surprises. That would be really interesting. The Boston Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers all separated by one game right now. And again, the other, the dark horse to me in the East continues to be Brooklyn. And I know that they're, they still have not yet put it all together. But if, if they do, and again, if, when they do, when the playoffs begin, that could be a very interesting team. They're currently eighth. They are tied with the Atlanta Hawks with records of 42 and 38. So Charlotte is only one game back of Atlanta. I mean, these games are really important. You got Cleveland with 37 losses. They're seventh. Then the Nets and the Hawks have 38 losses and Charlotte has 39. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I don't recall, well, not only do I not recall the standings being that close in the East, but I also don't recall the East being statistically better than the West in a long time. Yep. Well, think about this. The 10th place team in the East is Charlotte, and they're 41 and 39. The 10th place team in the West is San Antonio, and they're 34 and 46. And say what you want about the play-in tournament. I'm sorry. Teams that are 34 and 46 or New Orleans 36 and 44, in my opinion, they do not deserve to be getting an opportunity to make the playoffs. I do not like this system. I know Adam Silver came out the other day and endorsed it and said it's here to stay and that it's great and it's this and that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that a team that is 12 games under 500 should have an opportunity to get into the playoffs. That's the way I look at it. So I'm, I'm not crazy about the playing tournament. Yes, does it keep some fan bases – into it. In other words, if you were a fan of the Spurs, there would be nothing to root for. If you were a fan of the Pelicans, there would be nothing to root for. You know, at least it keeps you interested, but I'm not crazy about it. I got to be honest. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, it's got to be about the dollars and the interest because if Sacramento Sacramento made the 10 spot, then obviously, you know, Sacramento would be going crazy about it, even though (laughs) nothing would really come of it. But (laughs) Well, well, you think about it, you got the Spurs are going to play the Pelicans, okay? The loser is out. And then the winner plays the loser of seven and eight, which in all likelihood would probably be the Clippers. I think Minnesota will win that home game on Tuesday night. But let's say that they don't. Then, you know, again, the winner of nine, ten would play the loser of that game between Minnesota and the Clippers. Yeah, I didn't know that it's going to be permanent, though. That's news to me. So that's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it either. That's too bad. Yeah, Adam Silver said it's here to stay. You know, they're also talking about a midseason tournament, which I don't I don't understand that, Eli. That makes no sense to me at all. I mean, it really doesn't. Right? I'm sorry, it doesn't. What's the midseason tournament? Well, he wants to have a midseason tournament similar to what they do over in soccer and uh, over in Europe and that uh, where you would have a, you know, basically a midseason tournament, which would be separate from the uh, standings of the NBA season. So it's just games that, are meaningless yeah. or oh okay. well they wouldn't be meaningless to the players they i think each player on the winning team would get a million dollars but i don't i don't understand the purpose of it i really don't here's what it is the nba the last few years their ratings have not been good they're trying to do everything they can to stimulate more interest play in tournament other things you know they're, they're trying to reinvent the wheel so to speak 
And I, I don't know. Adam Silver also talked quite a bit about reducing the number of games played during the regular season. He said that's a real possibility as well. Huh, interesting. I was actually curious about the ratings because now that, you know, the COVID thing is mostly over and yep. all the other stuff is over. So they haven't really rebounded to pre-pandemic levels. I haven't seen the actual numbers as of late, but the ratings that really mean the most are the playoff ratings. So we have to wait and see when the playoffs begin. What will the ratings be like on that? that that's the most important aspect. The regular season ratings, yes, but the, the postseason ratings are the most important ratings. Oh, okay. Well, then that'll be pretty telling. We'll find out soon. Yeah, and here's the other thing about that. Uh, you have a, a a league that attendance has been down. Now, how much of that, Eli, is because of the pandemic? I think you got to be objective and say that there's a big reason why fans have you know stayed away. But as you pointed out, now that we're uh, apparently, and again, I say apparently because I'm reading about this new variant that's you know on the horizon again. But if if we're post pandemic then next year we will have a much better indication of where attendance stands in the NBA. You can blame it now somewhat on the, on, on the pandemic, but maybe next year we won't be able to blame it on that. Yeah. I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Thanks Grant. Hey, you have a, you have a good weekend, Eli. All right. You too. Take care. All right. I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Again, if you want to come on the program today, hit your hand icon. We can do that. Uh, and raise your hand. Again, the Masters round two still going on. Uh, Scheffler has got a three-shot lead at six under par. Uh, Matsuyama, Schwartzel, Lowry, and M all at three under par, but uh, Scheffler really, really playing well. Tiger's got a long birdie putt on 17 to try to get it to even. He's had a couple chances uh, on this back nine. And he's just missed some putts, and he's going to miss a putt on 17. And actually, he's going to have some work to do to make his par uh, before he goes to uh, 18. All right, let's get to some more phone calls on this Friday edition here of Grant Napier on Listen Up. And we say hello to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Grant. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Grant. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I've been watching the Masters all day, and I've been pulling for Tiger. And he's had a rough day, but he's hanging in there. But everybody with Scheffler has been having a rough day. So did you ever hear what happened uh, – with Mickelson, did he get an invite, or did he just? Yeah, he could have played in the. He could have played. Sure, of course, he 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 has an open invitation. He qualified. He can play in any tournament that he wants because he's got an exemption. He could have played in the Masters if he wanted to. So basically, he uh, he just didn't play because of all what was. Yes, what was he withdrew. He he didn't want the blowback. Basically, it was his decision not to play. The Masters would have welcomed him. He could have played. And it was his decision not to play. Right, right. Okay, well, I didn't hear exactly, and I didn't hear you talking about it, but because uh, I, I knew you were on it about what you know what he was saying about Saudi Arabia or whatever. Then yep. I, it's been cooled down, and I, I didn't, you know, I haven't heard much about it. But Tiger's just missing. He's doggone play. Just missed that doggone birdie by a quarter of an inch. He's just missing. He's, you know, he's just missing those putts. Well, that's golf. You know, back to Phil, the no one's been able to get a hold of him. I oh, mean, really? that's just it. Nope. Bryson DeChambeau said that he reached out, couldn't get a hold of him. Guy's gone dark. I mean, he really has. He's pretty much off the grid. And the uh, chairman of Augusta said he did have a uh, text message exchange with Phil and, you know, made it very clear to Phil that he was welcome. And Phil had said, hey, I, Phil reached out to him. And said, hey, I'm not playing. Just want to let you know I've decided not to play. And they had a conversation where the they made it clear that, you know, he could play if he wanted to. But it, it was Phil's decision not to play. Right. He probably didn't want to hear the commentary uh, that he lost his sponsorships. And they would have all pointed that out and everything else. Based on Phil's comments, he's not in the frame of mind to play. I mean, if you read what he had to say in his apology – after the comments that were made, and again, I'm only going by what I read. I don't know Phil. I can't talk to Phil. But it would appear to me he's not in the frame of mind uh, to be playing competitive golf right now. Oh, I see. I see. So what do you think about LeBron uh, shutting it down and not going for the scoring title? I, I don't have any comment on it because I don't know how bad his ankle is. Do you believe his ankle seriously hurt where he can't play? Or do you feel that he's doing this? Because the games don't mean anything and he doesn't want, uh, they're making it sound like to me that it has to do with his ankle and nothing else. Uh, I think if they were in contention and the games really, you know, he, he would still be in there and, uh, you know, if it meant something and, you know, he played, he was playing hurt a, a lot and then he just decides to shut it down. I think he. I think he gave up. I think he's. Pout, I think he's pouting. That's my. That's my well, he thing. might be, and I don't know how much the scoring title means to LeBron at this point in his career. I. I, I mean, I really don't. I don't think. I think if you finish 11th in the West and you win the scoring title, I don't think that really would mean anything to him. I don't want to well, speak for him, but I, that's I the way I look at it. An, I didn't know if he had an incentive in his contract or anything. You know, sometimes they can 
throw incentives if he, you know. I'm sure he does, but you know, I mean, does he really need incentives in his contract? He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> I guess, I guess not. You're, you're, as usual, you're, you're dead on right? the point. I mean, do we need an incentive when you're making that kind of money? So, no, no not with all endorsements and everything. It's no, probably, like you've said before, it's probably chunk change. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, I'm not saying he wouldn't want to win the scoring title, but I don't think it's on the, you know, top of his uh, priority. Uh, I really don't. So yeah, I, the, I, I would take yeah. that jump, James. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would. That's for sure. But you know, as far as Phil goes, I don't know if we're going to see Phil Mickelson uh, playing competitive golf uh, anytime soon. I really don't. Right, right. Well, I mean, he did it to himself. I mean, he was one of my favorite, and he had such that tournament last year that. I mean, he, uh, which, which one was that, that he won that, uh, was that the, the PGA? PGA. Yeah. Yep. And, and the, I mean, the crowd, I mean, they about, they, I mean, he couldn't even get through the crowd and everything, you know? So, I mean, from going to hero to zero, that must be, that must be something else. Yep. Fred Ridley is the chairman at Augusta and this is exactly what he said. All right. Um, he said that Phil had sent him a text message in late February or early March to let him know that he did not intend to play. Quote, this is Ridley now, quote, I told him that we certainly appreciated that and told him that I was certainly willing to discuss that further with him if he'd like. He thanked me, and we had a very cordial exchange. All right, that was the chairman at Augusta, Ridley, talking about his conversation with Phil Mickelson. And he also went on and said this, all right, Uh, quote, I would like to say we did not disinvite Phil. Phil is a three-time Masters champion and is invited in that category and many other categories. He's the defending PGA champion. So, again, they made it very clear. They made it very clear that they they did not disinvite him. Wow. I guess I guess that says it. Hey, one one more thing. I don't want to take up all your time, but I, I heard you talking about what a putz and jerk Reggie Jackson could be. But I, I I told you the other night I was watching that game six, and when he came off the field, he looked like Earl Campbell taking out uh, fans yeah. right and left. He just plowed through them, leveling them till he got in the dugout. Did you see that? Yeah. Listen, I don't blame an athlete for that. Fans shouldn't be on the field. Fans should not be interfering with that. And I don't have any problem with an athlete doing that. Uh, The the reality is they're not supposed to be on the field. They they should be run over. Quite frankly, I didn't have a problem with that. Okay. I just just thought he was a little excessive. Right, no, well, you- I didn't. I, I actually disagree. I don't think he was excessive at all. I don't think that I think a fan when they go on to a playing surface in a situation like that deserve uh, getting run over or they, they deserve to suffer the consequences. They are that is not their territory. They should not be on there. And um, no, I don't think so at all. I think, quite frankly, I didn't have a problem with all the way Reggie handled that home run trot. I think he was uh, I think it was very uh, fair for him to do that. Right. OK. Well, I mean, you remember Hank Aaron? You remember Hank Aaron's home run? Oh, yeah. The famous. Okay. Well, you know he 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 was a little bit more. Uh, yeah, but he still pushed off fans with his forearm, you know. But yeah, he did right it the, right at the shortstop area. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to pat him on the head. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Here's the other deal. You know, again, I know we live in a different era now than when Reggie hit, you know, that was in 1977, but, mm-hmm. or that was actually 78. Well, no, it was 77. Yeah. The, the, you know, you don't know what fans have or fans. You don't know if, if a fan's got a knife. I mean, fans are crazy. You don't know what's going on now. Fans do not belong, you know, on the playing surface. They don't. That's not right. their domain, you know? Right, right. The other incident I'm thinking of, but this is a player on player. Jake Peavy running on the field when uh, Isakawa hits that home run to win the game for the Giants. Peavy runs out almost a shortstop, and Isakawa about levels him. Yeah, yeah. How about that, right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was funny. That was funny as hell. <laughs> that was very funny. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, you have a hell of a weekend. Appreciate. It. So you're back on at three now, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go back on three. Uh, you know, today obviously, and then uh, starting again on Monday, we'll try going back at three, and uh-huh. we'll uh, we'll we'll see which works out. But yeah, but starting Monday, I'm gonna be on at three o'clock again. I I seen now uh, on Larry Kruger's YouTube, he had you on there uh, on his. Uh, I'm coming on. I, I'm coming yeah, on Larry's show adver- any yeah he an any adver- day now. He was advertising your yep. picture with your. Yeah, picture. I know he. Yeah, I know he was. He uh, reached out to me. Obviously, he wouldn't put that on there without talking to me first. Right, right, right. Okay, so when's that broadcast going to be? I don't know. We haven't set a date up. I believe he's going to be contacting me either today or tomorrow uh, to set up a time to come on. But I'm looking forward to it. You know, I told you, Larry was my intern when I was at Channel 31. Well, uh, I would really lo- I want to really watch. Uh, I want to really look forward to that because you're two of my favorite guys. To- and I'm really looking forward Thank to you guys ex- exchanging exchanging some it's talk that's going to be very interesting thank you it's going to be any day now so uh, just follow us on social media you'll see it all right thank you all right all have right. a good weekend yep right, take care talking about larry kruger who was fired at kmbr which i didn't understand i think he's the most knowledgeable guy they have there i didn't understand that at all i really didn't all right let's get to uh, some more phone calls on this friday with jerry hey jerry how are you i'm fine grant how are you on this friday good buddy what's happening Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. So the Kings, last time they were in the playoffs, was 2006. And was mm-hmm. that under Coach Coach Adelman? Yes. That was his last year coaching with the Kings. So could I ask you, why did uh, Coach Adelman, uh, why did he step down? Basically, he had been there for eight years. It was time. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but uh, there was friction with him and the ownership. Uh, he was not accessible. You know, Rick is very uh, old-fashioned in his ways. You know, it was not going great in the front office between him and Jeff Petrie and the Maloofs, and they just needed to make a change. And I think, you know, even Rick would acknowledge that after eight years. He had a great run, uh, and it was time, and that's why they made the change. Boy, um, you know, you cannot foresee um, after Coach Adelman left, I mean, what would what happened to this franchise? Wow. Yep, wow was right. Wow was right. Yep, no question about it. Grant, have a great weekend, okay? Talk to you Monday. Jerry, you too. Take care, buddy. Thank you very much for the call. All right, let's get to some more people that want to get in here on this show. All you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do it. All right, we'll put you right up on stage. Scotty Scheffler now has just birdied 15, and he's starting to get some real separation in the field. He is at seven under par. Seven under par. He is rolling. Round two at the Masters. Hello, Al. How are you on this Friday? I'm good, Nate. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. What's happening? 
you know, uh, when are you going to be, and in what venue are you going to be with the, on Kruger's show, is it a podcast? It's, is it? It's on YouTube. He uh, does a, a live show on YouTube now, uh, and I will be on a live YouTube, his live YouTube channel. Oh, that'll, I'm looking forward to that. I'll have to find that because uh, definitely yep. want to watch it, and it gets we got to get some exposure on your on your situation. I like I've spoken to this before. I wish there could be more exposure for your case because to me, I I just feel like it's it's groundbreaking and you know how you were wronged and the woke movement and cancel culture. So I really, any exposure, you know, I even mentioned, Hey, why don't you just try to get on Bill Maher? But you know, you said he'd have to invite you. You could reach out to him, but yeah, get some exposure for your, for your situation. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, there are people that are talking, you know, it, it's talked about, you know, periodically, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've always liked going on uh, Larry's show when he was on KMBR, whether he was with Gary Radnich or whatever. I always, you always love going on with Gary. I've, I've known Gary, as I said, for, gosh, you know, 35 years I've known Larry, and I think he's very talented. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, as far as fans on the field, you know, Aaron was getting death threats that, that whole season. He yes, was he was. Letters, racially charged letters, and, yep. you know, death threats. So those guys easily could have been out running out there some rednecks, you know, could have been out there running out there to kill them. Well, it doesn't have to be rednecks. It could be any person that wants to uh, harm another uh, human being. And got to remember, there were no metal detectors at the ballparks back then. So there could be someone running on the field with a gun. I mean, that was back in, you know, an era where security was not like it is now. So it's, um, again, there are different. Of course it was dangerous. It's very, anytime fans are on the field when they're not supposed to, it can be a potentially very dangerous situation. That is absolutely correct. No question about it. You know what? My favorite memory as a, as a kid, you got to, you got to Google this. I'm telling you, I'm watching the game. I'm a kid. I'm like 11 years old and I'm watching the Baltimore Colts and they're playing the, the Miami Dolphins. And this fan, I'm watching this Nate on, on TV down there in my little 19 inch and a half one day. And, and this fan runs on the field and grabs the football. And out of the blue, Mike Curtis comes yep. roaring up and just destroyed him. He just laid yep. him out. The guy goes, you got to watch the. I'm telling you, Nate. One of my I know. I, I, number 32, Mike Curtis, the middle linebacker for the Colts, one of the great middle linebackers over his era. And, yeah, absolutely. It's a very famous piece of video. I used to watch Mike Curtis play, you know, once a year at Shea oh. Stadium against the Jets. I used to love Mike oh. Curtis. The guy played football the way you oh. expect the game to be played. The guy was a great, great football player. Mike the Animal Curtis and Bubba yep. Smith, you know, I'm a Rams yep. fan back in those days. The Coastal Division was just the worst. But, you know, this guy – I watch it every now and then because this reminds me. He's rolling, oh, and he land and ends up rolling, yep. and he comes falls at the feet of a Paul Warfield who was playing. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I hate to say it. I mean, it sounded mean, but he's an idiot. And Curtis dealt with it. The only way yep. of Mike Curtis, and you know, that's the way to deal with these idiots. Just absolutely. I'll tell you, you bring up some great names. I used to watch all those guys in person because growing up as a kid, you know, we had season tickets for both the Giants and the Jets. So yeah. I used to love what I used to love watching all those players. You know, that era of football. You know, you talk oh. about Bubba Paris, Johnny Unitas, Mike Curtis. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, I I, I watched Jim Brown play in person, Bob yeah. Hayes. Uh, I, I that was a great era of football for me. I used to love that era of football. I loved it. That's just what it's with 
was when it was a contact sport. Yes, it was. Oh boy, <laughs> I remember. I remember Larry Wilson once coming in the Yankee Stadium as a member of the Cardinals, and I remember yeah. just being a little boy and watching him play. And uh, even even at that age, his the way he played the game stuck oh. out in my mind. It was funny. I met I met Larry Wilson. When I was working really? in uh, Central Illinois, he was the general manager yeah. of the uh, Cardinals, and the Cardinals trained in uh, Central Illinois. They had their training camp. And I'll never forget this. I went in to cover training camp one day, and I had to go into the uh, what they call the offices of the college there in Mattoon, Illinois. And I get up to get my press pass, and Larry Wilson is in there. And Larry comes up to me and shakes my hand and thanks me absolutely thanks me for coming out to cover the Cardinals and to do stories on it. And I shared the story. I go, Hey, I go, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I watched you play at Yankee stadium when I was a little yeah. boy. And I said, and I'll never forget how you played the game. And he laughed. He said, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And he talked to me, no kidding. Now, Larry Wilson talked to me for like 20 minutes that day and he could not have been nicer, more hospitable. Mm -hmm. And it's a conversation that I'll never forget talking with the great Larry Wilson. What a, what a memory. And Larry Wilson used to destroy people. He played safety <laughs> yes, he for the mostly. Yeah. I believe his career was mostly with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know if he, yes, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, he played his whole career with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, oh. absolutely. Yeah, Nate, he, yep. he was a he was a you know receivers better. He might have yep. been nice and uh, and nice to you, uh, uh, gracious. But boy, he wasn't like that to other receivers or players, no. man. That that dude was old school. Take your head off. You just they can't hit people like they did now. But that no. that's a great that's a great memory, man. The, I, Saint, I, the St. Louis Cardinals. Jim Hart was the quarterback, and they right. had. Uh, I mean, yeah. I used to, listen. I I just used to love that era of football. But I will tell you that Larry Wilson. Oh my goodness gracious! Huh. You're right about that. Like if you were a wide receiver, you had to make sure you knew where Larry Wilson was at all times. You better have your helmet on, screwed on tight, because you know Larry Wilson. <laughs> for you to see him. In person, yeah. that's incredible because I, I watched those guys as a kid, as a young kid. You know, we're sure. a year older than you, and and those are great memories for me. But and then I just want to say, as far as a uh, real quick, as far as uh, Tiger, you know, I guess I can see. You know, everybody say, well, there's other players in the tournament, but Tiger's just he has such a draw. He has such yes. a, a fan base. I yep. don't. I can understand why. Even other golfers are probably thinking, you know, bring him in, bring him in, Tiger, you know. And, you know, it's – I know he had his, his – uh, that transgressions. I don't know all the details of his accidents. If it was opioids, well, well, I feel bad because, you know, I had a brother-in-law who, who got pulled over once because she was doing his painkiller. She shouldn't be on the road. But, you know, it's good for the sport. I don't know anybody. I'm with you. I can't think any player other than maybe when Bird and Johnson – we're, we're coming into the NBA and they kind of like resuscitated yep. the league. I can't think of a single player in particular. Right. But, yeah, but, but, but you just mentioned two guys. You just mentioned two guys that they did it at the same time uh, coming into the league at the same time with bird and magic. But I mean, Tiger pretty much did it all by himself. It's an individual sport. Obviously I can't think of an individual. You just mentioned individuals, but I can't right. think of an individual that's had a greater impact on a sport 
than Tiger Woods has had on golf. I, I just, I don't know if there, I don't know if that person exists. Would it be, and again, I'm going to go back to when I was a kid. And I remember when the New York Cosmos, you know, had soccer and Pele played, you know, with the Cosmos in New York. Yeah. And I remember, and I'm not a soccer fan, but I remember he put soccer on the map in the United States and in New York. Wow. And the, the Cosmos used to sell out giant stadium. They would have 75,000 people because of Pele. Everybody wanted to go see Pele. That's, that's a great story, man. And, you know, I just, well, I'll just leave you with, I'm really, ha it's funny. I called you a few months ago about the, uh, you know, the, the MLS bid for a Republic yep. FC and how, and then yep. you educated me that Ron Burkle, who was, was notorious for yanking a rug out, pulling out on deals at the last minute. Yep. And, and I, and I was remember, I was going to call you back because you spoke, you spoke, you spoke to where you talked to Kevin Nagel and said, Nagel was talking about the new stadium and, and what it would be like and the size of it. And you were saying, Kevin, why don't you, you could, you could sell, you could fill it with a lot more seats than that. I believe yes. I'm paraphrasing. I believe you said, Kevin, why are you going for small intimate when you could, cause the fan base here is passionate. And, and I was going to call you back and ask you, what do you think about the possibility of Nagel still going forward? with the new stadium and the, and the improvements in the downtown. And I, they are, they are, they are, they are going forward. They are going to build a, a venue. It's going to be much smaller than the uh, planned venue. He was going to yeah. build a 22,500 seat stadium. I said, Kevin, why, why don't you build it? Yeah. You're going to, you could easily have 30,000 people in there. And he said, listen, we're going to build it. We are going to easily be able to expand it. If the marketplace de de demands it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And again, you know, he, that's, but yeah, I was very honest. And I'm not, I said, Kevin, I'm not a soccer fan, but I'm telling you, if you bring MLS to Sacramento, you will be able to have 30,000 people at every single match easily. Uh, but they are now, I read just recently, they are going to go forward with a stadium venue in the rail yards. It's going to be on a smaller scale, but it's going to be able to have outdoor concerts and things of that nature. And I think it's going to be tremendous for downtown Sacramento. I would be very skeptical right now of the MLS coming to Sacramento. I don't see that happening. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, Ron Burkle let down the entire city of Sacramento. He let down Kevin Nagel. He let down their ownership group. He let down yeah. Mayor Steinberg. He let down everybody in Sacramento. And he let him down at the very last minute. I mean, it was ridiculous. Ridiculous would, what Ron uh, Burkle did. You know, how is he a... He owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. The guy's yep. a, a multi. He's a big time. How does a big time corporate business be successful on a level, a lot of levels, do business like that? Would you want to do business? I don't know, but that's like his. That? That's his reputation. Uh, that's his he, reputation. I was just the reason why I was just going back to our conversation was when that did it did find out that they were he was going to go forward with us like oh my god because i was going to call you and say maybe you should just go forward with it and build build it because you could still get it built. and i'm just disappointed you were saying that uh that mls commissioner and his nonsense Don Carver, is yeah. going and you know i'm really I'm re well you know what if they won't well you know that's fine you know if they don't want to make us professional we'll stay at the at the next lower level we'll out i'll draw your all your mls teams you know, the hell with you, you know, Sacramento well, will get it done. 
I know one thing about Kevin, and I and again, I'm being very transparent. He's a friend of mine, and if I had yeah. to criticize him, trust me, I would criticize him, but there's no reason to criticize him. He has done a lot for the city of Sacramento. He's actually put in millions and millions and millions of dollars of his own money to try to get the MLS to Sacramento, probably money that's not going to be recouped. Came out of his pocket. He wow. personally spent millions of dollars. He is into Sacramento. He is pro-Sacramento. Um, he really did uh, yeoman's work to try to get the MLS to come to uh, Sacramento, had Ron Burkle, and Burkle backed out of the deal at the 11th hour, literally at the 11th hour. I mean, Kevin Burkle was at the press conference with Don Garber and everyone else uh, three years ago in downtown, maybe two years ago, but I can't remember, but I think it was three years ago, in downtown Sacramento when they announced that the MLS had awarded Sacramento a franchise. Ron Burkle was with... uh, the uh, governor, all right, wow. he was with Governor Newsom was there. Kevin Nagel was there. The, I mean, they had like six or seven dignitaries the at the, uh, and, and the mayor and Ron Burkle was there. And Ron Burkle was the only one that didn't speak. He doesn't, he, mm-hmm. he is not a public person. He does not like speaking publicly, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But um, he was there and then he backed out of the deal at the very last minute. Absolutely backed out of the deal. I'm so thank thank God for Mr. Nagel, man. I, that's a good that, that just just sends me chills to hear about hear about that how much he's committed to the Sacramento community like Mr. Lucanville was. So we're gonna have a blast, yeah. man. We're gonna be we're gonna get the uh, you know the brigade going. We're gonna be we're gonna be in that second. Nate, yep. if you come you come down for a guest appearance, man. You can throw out throw out the first ball or something. You know we'll have you down I'm there. there man. I'm there. You let me like know. That. Yeah. Here, here, yeah, here's the deal. Here's the deal on that stadium. So they are now going to build a 12,000 to 15,000 seat venue. All right. It will be used as the Sacramento Republic Stadium. It could easily expand to 20,000 uh, if needed or if Major League Soccer decides that they will come to Sacramento. But they are going to do this. And this will also be able to house Division One football, lacrosse, rugby, uh, high school and college events, uh, concerts, and this is going to be basically a $1 billion investment, which wow. will also include mixed-use developments, new housing, and things of that nature, all right? And here's the other deal. The project is almost entirely privately funded by oh, Kevin Nagel by Kevin Nagel and his investors, I hope he runs for mayor the next election because he'll get my vote. Well, he won't be running for mayor. I know Kevin well enough to speak for him on his behalf. That, I know. That will who not wants happen. That, but... Who wants that nonsense and digging? You know, I, I would never run for public office. Are you kidding? And they go digging in and yep. find out one of my old videos when I was stupid, young and dumb and drunk when I was a you know, dummy, dummy in the Air Force or in college. And look, at a good thing there wasn't YouTube around. I'm so I'm, I'm safe there, but. Have a good night, here, man. All right, one one other oh. thing. Here's what here here is the comment that Kevin Nagel made in real uh, about the stadium a couple of days ago. "Quote: We want to build a world class soccer stadium in the rail yards and to begin the next decade of Republic FC." This is in a release. He said, "Quote: We're ready with a new vision that allows us to take our destiny into our hands and try to create a community asset that will grow with the team and the city." in the statement. So it's going to happen. Oh man. Jobs, 
are going to be yep. there. It's job creation, revenue, getting a, you know. Oh, that's exciting. Hey, real quick, I just want to let. I just see that Ulysses is uh, kind of listening, and I think he was the one who called you a few months back. And I just want to say real quick my point on the. Uh, I want to make a off the wall on lyrics of songs. I'm a I'm a heavy metal fan. You know, we're talking about the lyrics for the Super Bowl. I'll make it real quick because I've been on for a long time, and how it was offensive. Well, I, I like metal and heavy metal and rock, and I like Judas Priest. And Judas Priest was taken to court by a parent, the parents of a teenage boy who took his life. They sued Judas Priest, the rock band, for wrongful death because they said Judas Priest's music influenced their son to take his life. And for me, so for me, lyrics, you know, you got to have a, you got to distance the lyrics to, as entertainment it's not life, you know, so that I'll just leave you with that statement if you want to get a comment, but All right. I, I, that's how I feel about it, you know. I, and they Thank were you. throwing out, the, the, the lawsuit went up for a month and then the judge tossed it out of court, so I I, I listen to lyrics, and uh, but I'm not going to act out any lyrics or any video game, you know, so I'll just leave it at that. Have a good night. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say on that. I'm not familiar with the uh, case that was dismissed by the judge. I wasn't even aware that it was going on. I mean, if you go to a movie, right, you go to a movie for entertainment, do you act out on what you see in the movie? I mean, I would hope that most people would not uh, if you're watching a violent movie. But, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. Each individual is different uh, as it relates to uh lyrics or what have you tiger woods is done for the day uh in the clubhouse at one under meanwhile scotty scheffler is running away and hiding from the field at eight under par through 16 he's got a five shot lead now uh with two holes to play the uh, par four 17th and the par four 18 it's a hell of a round of golf by scheffler i'll tell you that so that would put tiger at nine back tiger's probably the only guy in the field that would be nine back heading into the weekend, still feeling that he can win. But the way Scheffler's playing right now, I mean, good Lord. Think about that. Eight under through 16. The guy has been just incredible. Absolutely incredible golf. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, three under. M is three under. Lowry is three under. Matsuyama is three under. And the weekend, though, right now, shaping up to be Scheffler, his tournament to lose. Now, if he enters the weekend with a five-shot lead, I mean, we've seen five-shot leads disappear at the Masters in a hurry, right? Just go ask Greg Norman. Go ask a lot of other golfers. But clearly, when you look at Scheffler, uh, and again, he is on the uh, 17th, his second shot from 159 uh, in the second cut of rough underneath the uh, Georgia Pines and uh, hits his shot into the bunker. So he'll have to save, get up and down to save his par and go to the 18th at eight under par. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But the guys had one hell of a round of golf. All right, so next week, all right, we'll come on at uh, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. A lot of things going on right now with uh, opening day for the Giants, opening day for the uh, Athletics, and some other teams uh, as well. The Phillies beat the A's uh, in the opener today by the score of 9-5. to five. I can't imagine the A's being relevant this year when you look at their roster. Giants uh, have the lead against the Marlins in the top of the eighth by the score of 3-2. to two. All right, Yankees come from uh, three back in the top of the first to uh, beat the Red Sox in 11 innings, 6-5. to five. Detroit beat the White Sox. Uh, five to four, the Rays edged the Birds uh, two to one. I I couldn't believe this. I read today, eighteen of Tampa's wins last year were against the Baltimore Orioles. Think about that for a minute. I mean, that is that is absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, that is that is just absolutely incredible. Eighteen victories against one team. All right, let's check in with Jay. Jay, how are you today? Hey, Grant. I'm excited to be able to chat with you. I, I, I normally have to catch all your shows on your podcast just because of work time frame, but snuck in here just before you got off the air. So I wanted to wish you a happy Good. weekend coming up. You too. Uh, hey, so yeah, you know, so I, I've been a I've been a diehard A's fan for for decades, and and um, you know, grew up in San Diego. So um, my, my my baseball fandom has has been you know tested over the over the years, but you know the A's, the, the A's have had had some success despite how they've managed things. But I'm going to have to go back to being a being a Padre fan again. Uh, <laughs> things, yeah. things, aren't, things aren't looking good, you know, and it's so disappointing. I, I think we're going to see the A's, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in Las Vegas for the next couple of years. Uh, it is going to be very odd to see the uh, A's leave Oakland. And again, it's not official yet, but I believe that's going to happen. And uh, it is it is a shame for that city. And, you know, the A's fans are few and far between, but they're the most loyal fans, I can tell you. I know a lot of A's fans. They are unbelievably loyal. They really are. But there aren't enough of them. And it just looks to me like there's it's very little hope of keeping the A's in Oakland. I just don't see it happening. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, they, they, if they had some, uh, if they had a committed owner there, you know, they had they, a committed owner and um, a city that would work with them. They, they could write their own ticket. They can, ha- yep. they can do in Oakland what San Diego did. You know, they, that Petco Park is amazing, and uh, um, I, I feel like down at, uh, uh, at yep. the waterfront there in Oakland, they could do something very, very similar. It's just too bad. It's such, it's such a blatantly common sense thing to do for it not to get done. Is unbelievable yeah you're right about petco park that whole area is a great area and petco park's beautiful and you know you see other cities do it and you just wonder gee why can't oakland do it it's really a shame it really is a shame it is it is hey i look forward to catching up with you as we get into the nba playoffs you have a great weekend 
Hey, thank you, Jay. You have a great weekend, too. Really appreciate that. Uh, Sheffler looks like he's going to be able to save par on 17. So he would go to 18 with a five-shot lead, depending on what happens there on the final hole. But what a round of golf for uh, Scotty Scheffler, Matsuyama, Schwartzel, Larry M, all five shots back uh, at three under par. All right, make it a great weekend. Monday, 3 o'clock, we'll do it. All right, look forward to it. We'll have a lot to talk about. So until then, Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply